your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan, and and you are wearing a green shirt. I mentioned Son of the Mask. You are wearing a green shirt. I mean, it's not like we totally did not plan that one. Guaranteed, we did not plan that one. no. Yeah. So, uh, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets: LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com and follow the show on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Subscribe and get notified when new episodes go live. So over the weekend, Avs pick up all four points, both against Arizona. One game in Ball Arena that was on Friday. Following game on Saturday in Arizona. It was a tale of two games. Uh, you know, you get the the overtime game or overtime and then the shootout. Avs first shootout of the season, uh, I believe. Right? No, 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 no. They had they had one other one because Kale McCarr had a, a shootout goal. I don't remember against Tampa. Was it? Yeah, was it Tampa? I believe it was. Uh, go look. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I can't remember the team, but I, now I do remember that they had one other shootout. Um, but they come through on that, and those can go either way, obviously. <laughs> and then following day in Arizona really kind of took care of business and uh, a five, nothing when Darcy Kemper with his first shutout of the, the season that I know for sure that his first shutout of the season. <laughs> uh, so yeah, kind of like this Jekyll and Hyde, but you get the same results in both, which is good. But when you're playing a team like Arizona, you want to have that five to nothing game both times is, was the first game more the abs, not, playing up to their standard and playing maybe down to the standard of Arizona or do you have to give some credit to Arizona in that first game for kind of, of holding them and keeping them in check and kind of being in the game? No, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. It's the avalanche. It's what they do. They kind of play down and take advantage of not having to play so hard credit to Arizona. Um, it's a bad team, bad record. They took advantage of it and they made a, they made it a fight. Of course, the Avalanche took it the distance, and Nas had to take care of business in the yeah, end. God, that was sick. That but was a sick move. That the Avalanche playing down to the opponent almost bit him there, um, but the second well, game business was taken care of. I think uh, maybe may the worst thing for the Avalanche to do was take a two to nothing lead right off the bat in the first game yeah. because you're obviously you're going up against a, a lesser team and you get two goals. Who are they here? Uh, Miko Rantanen and Tyson Jost. And you're like, I, maybe the ads are like, yeah, this is how it's supposed to go. This is, this, and they were, they were mm-hmm. flying all over the place. They were controlling the game. And then Arizona climbs back into it and they take a lead. Mm-hmm. Even when they took that lead, were you were you thinking to yourself like, oh, are they really going to beat us? I didn't, and I'm not trying yeah. to sound like crass or anything, or like I, I'm just, I just had confidence that the ads were like, guys, really, yeah, can we can we turn up the juice a little bit? And then it was like 30 seconds later, Burakovsky tied it. Yeah, when they went up two nothing, you almost had the feeling like they were on the bench talking, like 
If we keep scoring goals, the game's going to go later. Later to get to Arizona, 3 a.m. check-in. Like, you know they didn't want – like, it. after they went up, their minds were already – the plane ride, the – they were kind you of looking so? ahead a little bit. You like, think so? Like, I think that you in the game? Like, you take your foot off the gas. It's Arizona. Like, you know it's one of those typical, like, do what you got to do, pucks in deep, cycle, clean shifts, no penalties. You go in there, do what you do. You don't really have to game plan or take people out of the game. Yeah. And they they took their foot off the gas, and it's something they've done before. Well, I mean, you can you can say that they took the foot off the gas a, gas a little bit, but they still had almost fifty shots on goal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not really taking the foot off the gas if you're still just peppering them with shots. So forty seven shots on goal. You went zero for five on the power play. Yeah. That to me is is where this game could have been put away easily. You get two of those. If you can give me two, two out of five, then then it's a six to three game. And don't allow one of those goals from the Coyotes. Maybe it's a six to two game. So that to me is where that's what kept Arizona in this game. And if mm-hmm. Arizona didn't go zero for four for themselves on the power play. If you're an Arizona fan, you're thinking the same thing. If we can get even half of those, they possibly win this game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can say maybe the Avs took the, the foot off the gas a little bit after they got that two to nothing lead. But Arizona got one back right mm-hmm. before the first was over. So I don't think the the Avalanche came out thinking like, yeah, hey, we're just going to skate around and just come to us easily. I think they knew like, hey. Let, let's just put this team away. And they were trying. 47 yeah. shots on goal is definitely trying. Uh, I got to give credit to you. Who was their goalie that night? Uh, I can't even pronounce his last I name. I know. He's I was. Like their, he's like their third or fourth. <laughs> yeah, like he, he, made, he made some solid saves. He looked pretty good for a third or fourth string. Yeah. And I think the overall tone of that first game is just there was no sense of urgency. Like there was no. Like the little carrot at the end of it, like if you win this, you move up this, and then you're putting them out of here, and then, or you're trying to come back from this. There was no alternate storyline to the game other than win the game, move on, like lunch pail mentality. So it <laughs> it definitely felt that way, and then of course it turned into a shooting barrage. But like there was just no urgency to finally put it away until they were from behind and didn't want to get embarrassed. Right, and I would say there wasn't even. I don't, maybe urgency is the wrong word, but even when they got down, I think that's, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, wow, we're going to lose this game. It was, it was, they were calm. They were calm mm-hmm. about it. I'm like, we know we're better than this team. Mm-hmm. So let's just get back to basics, get back to what we do, do well. And if we keep shooting shots on 47 shots. And if that guy was going to let in two, <clears throat> then they deserve to win. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. An Arizona team, when you throw 47 shots on that, they're going to let in at least four and, and, you know, well, they let in three and then the abs get the, the fourth one in the, the shootout, obviously. And it definitely makes you feel better about the avalanche, even kind of in that without that sense of urgency, if they're piling up the shots, um, eventually something's going to go in the Wayne Gretzky quote, like you miss a hundred percent of shots you don't take. Like, to see the Avs still out there shooting and Arizona doing the same and testing Pavel Francouz the way they did, mm-hmm. it was it was good to see, and I think it's better to look back at knowing we walked out with a W. 
Yeah. And, you know, we, we had talked about who's going to start game one and game two and, and you, you, you hit it. Francois gets the start in uh, game one and Kemper goes back to Arizona and, and for game two. So the shootout, you know, one goal went in. Mm-hmm. That was it. It was the very last one in round three in Nazem Kadri. And I loved that he put him out there because he's not a guarantee to go out there for uh, penalty shots. You know, you're going to get me. Yeah. You know, to get Nate. And one time, like I said, he put in Kale McCarr. You yeah. could see Burkowski out there. You know, you have a lot of talent at your disposal and scores at your disposal. And I think there was one reason and one reason only yep. he went to Nazem Kadri. And it was just to, to let everybody know. And it was just so poetic that he actually scored it yeah because then it's just like hey that guy that you didn't let into the all-star game yet i know it's just a penalty shot or whatever shootout uh but it was a thing of beauty pulled that thing on a string and had a the very little between that the goalie skate and the post and he slid it right in there yeah Beautiful. and just the celly to follow everything was just it was one of those moments that you're like, okay, we must put him in at all costs. Yeah, yeah, you knew they were going to do it. Uh, so we will continue the weekend for the Avs. Kind of went a little bit heavy on the Friday game, so let's talk about the Saturday game. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from Built Bar. It's a new year and a new you, so that means New Year's resolutions. And hopefully yours is still going. So if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, you must include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bars make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good. You want to eat them up like, uh, I don't know, what's a what's a, a character, a cartoon character that, that eats something like... Uh, oh, Cookie Monster eats a lot of things. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Cookie Monster <laughs> goes crazy for Built Bars. Yeah. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by week three or like right around now you're thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, built bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar and dozens of carbs. So go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code locked one five for 15% off. On your order, that's builtbar.com. Promo code is locked, 15 15% off. Once again, builtbar.com. All right. Before we move any further, we have two birthdays that we need to talk about. One of them is Mr. Kyle Sullivan. So a happy birthday to our co-host here. <laughs> Thank but you. that one doesn't even matter. Nope. We have a, uh, a a fan of the show who was, by all accounts, driving to the arena as we are speaking right now. They are listening to this episode uh, as we are speaking. And I'm bringing up the, the note. This is from, uh, I don't even know if this is what's. It's was it Sheffy 31? She- mm-hmm. Yeah, Sheffy 31. So he wrote to Kyle. And uh, he wanted to let us know that it is his son, uh, Gage. It's his birthday. It's his 12th birthday. And this is, is it the first Avalanche game that they're going to? Yeah. Or that he's going to? That, that yeah, he's going to, going to. To so, see the wild. All right, man. So, you know, you have Kyle's birthday. You have Gage's birthday. 
it's his first avalanche game you know you don't bet online because you listen to this show i mean put it in the book this is as solid as a a a guaranteed win as you can have i hear you gauge birthday bro going to go see the wild today let's go get it man that's awesome. So a big happy birthday to Mr. Kyle Sullivan, obviously, and a bigger happy birthday to Gage, who's on his way to the game right now. Enjoy it, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully they can get a win for you on your birthday. And maybe you can get a puck or a stick or any of that good stuff, too. So happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. All right. Uh, yeah. So game game two, this was this was more of what we wanted to see. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, let me get into the stats here. I think both games really like you're yeah. you're starting to see Nathan McKinnon just really get settled in and start taking over. Yeah, this is we we talked a lot about how he was a little bit more reserved and a little bit more looking to facilitate more, and now he's coming out of that and he's yeah. like, I'm taking stuff over, guys. So, yeah. man, like, yeah, you. you it's almost like you forgot about him because he was just getting a ton of assists and Kale McCarr's doing what he's doing. And he's almost just coming out of this saying like, it's almost like when Michael Buble comes out of the cave to sing Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, It's like, it's like, here's Nathan McKinnon. Oh yeah. Don't forget about him. Yep. And that first goal, I mean, it wasn't just a goal the way he just mm. did the little toe dragon and the, the handles to get that goal. He, he had zero doubt in his mind that he was scoring that goal and he made everybody remember, Oh yeah, Nathan McKinnon could still do this. Mm. And it's nice to see him step up and bookend the game with that goal at the end. Um, and you see Miko stepping up as well. And my boy Nas right in the middle. So, I mean, that, that second game was the scoring from who you expect to score. And they were authoritative goals. Every one of them. I'm looking at times on ice. This is uh, pretty impressive. Everybody that had at, at, at least 11 minutes with time on ice. There was no Curtis McDermott with three minutes. He had almost 12. Uh, Abe Kubel had the least at 11-11. So, I mean, that's that's just... And when you have a lead, yeah, you're going to rotate shifts equally. You know what I mean? You don't need to keep McDermott on the bench when you have a lead like that, but it was only one to nothing after the first. And I think some people, if you're following on like Twitter and stuff like that, people are getting like upset, like just let the game play out. Mm -hmm. I get like, yeah, you beat this team in a shootout and you're, you're, you're barely beating them. You have one goal after one. And it's like, Oh my God, is this like, how, how good are we really? And it's like, that's why you play a full 60 minute game. Yep. You don't decide a game after 20 minutes because then adjustments are made. And look what the Avalanche did. I don't even know if they had to make adjustments because they, they were they were playing very well. I, I wasn't upset with how they were playing. And then they come out and they get the three goals. Miko, Nas, and Miko again. Um, and then you yeah, you, you just feel like that that was more of a game that you when you're playing a team like that, that's what I wanted to see against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really wanted to want to see against Seattle. Absolutely. And like the names performing like they're they're not one of those that like Nate, Miko and Nas are in the background. You have like JT Comfer and Abe Kubel out there scoring and or the night that like Berkey carried us the whole way. Right. Like these are the names, the household names taking it like taking it to the house and dominating that game, especially in the second and third. 
and it, you could tell like it took the energy out of the sales of the the coyotes because they towards the end of it they just wanted it to be over well and how much of it do you think the difference between game one and game two was gabe landeskog mm. i mean he came back he, he only had an assist but he's that presence he's that presence yeah. not only just on a five on five in the net front but on the power play and they went one for three on the power play. So they did a better job. I mean, they, at least they got one um, and they still held Arizona to nothing over two on the power play. So, well, what, uh, naturally, you naturally, you have to chalk it up to the altitude. Come on, Chris. That's, oh, of Arizona. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, the, the altitude, altitude is such a big game changer for game one and game two. So yeah, the altitude in the dry heat of Arizona. <laughs> No, but really I, uh, Gabe Landeskog's one of those that it it changes everything that you know. Like he, you don't know if he's going to hang two goals on you, get in front of your goalie, start a fight, or he's just facilitating. He can tackle the game in so many different ways, or he can be completely just out of the picture and just kind of managing from the line and passing. And even and, when he's doing that, the defense has to know where he is. Yep. So and, with, with that whole top line, you have to know where they are. So uh, and when that top one, line's together, you have to take notice and you have to change yeah. what you do. And they don't have the talent to match with that top line. And there was one time where where McKinnon was kind of on his own on the left hand side, bringing it up the boards, and there were three and a half. It seemed like <laughs> Arizona defenders. There's one guy creeping up. And they were just like encircling him because they, yeah. they were terrified that he was going to just do a burst of speed down the side and get past him. Uh, and then the Kale McCarr hit was was awesome. Mm. Uh, it was it was you know by the the phrasing of clean, it was very clean. He wasn't going for the head, and he I don't think he tried to over like crush the guy. Like he he hit him solid. He hit him good. He hit him clean. Um, and then Arizona didn't like it and. I get a little like annoyed when a team just wants to fight somebody yeah. because they got embarrassed. Like, don't get embarrassed. Go play. Go get back at them by scoring a goal or something. Exactly. Like but I, I get there's going to be chirping going on. But if they were going to retaliate on on Macar, number one, the Avalanche will not stand for that, and Curtis McDermott will. You will feel the wrath of him. That's the one good thing he can do for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and too, it's just, it's just. I again, I get it. It's more embarrassment than anything else. Uh, but that is what Kale McCarr can do. And we talk all the time about his offensive ability. And everybody wants to say like he's a, a Norris Trophy winner because because of his offense. No, Norris is for best defenseman. And yeah, you take the offensive capabilities into yeah. that. But that is what he can do. That is not like, oh my God, where'd this come from, Kale McCarr? He can lay you flat out if he wants to. And he will size you up and, and he will not hesitate to do it. Yeah, he's like a transformer. Like you're so accustomed to him looking like a semi truck, and then just yeah. all of a sudden he'll just he'll turn into a transformer. He's Optimus Prime, and then <laughs> he will put somebody on the ice and go right back to his normal form. And you're just kind of yeah. looking at him like, okay, sure, I got you, Pam. And it, dude, that 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 baby face. Yeah, like, you're like he he's not gonna hit anybody. He's yeah. not gonna. And oh no, oh no. And uh, the the chirping that went on from his end back. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like you don't see you just look at him like he's just a solid, gifted hockey player. And we've said it before. He's got a tude to him. Yeah. Don't mess with Kale. No. My boy. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Big game coming up tonight for the Avs. Uh, Minnesota Wild come to town. So uh, let's talk about them. But first, we're going to talk about Bet Online. The playoffs are here, man. I mean, we watched some games today. I didn't, well, I watched bits and pieces, but. All I know is the Cowboys lost because that's all anybody wants to talk about whenever they lose. <laughs> I don't really care, uh, but it seems like the sports world is is happy that the Cowboys are not in it if you're not a Cowboy fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the world is right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you want to get in on some of that action, was there a lot of 49er fans out there putting some scratch down on their team? Over on betonline.ag, you are all winners. So BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. When you sign up today, you'll receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. That's betonline.ag. Okay, so Minnesota Wild, uh, kind of cooling off a little bit. They had a yeah. really hot start to the season, and I had done a crossover with Seth before the season even started. Uh, he hosts Lockdown Wild. And that was a concern for him. Like, like, can this team replicate what they did last year? And the concern, and he said it flat out, the concern is it's a, a obviously a longer season and you're playing teams outside of your division. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a team like Minnesota who kind of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but probably surprised people that they were above the wild card spot. A lot mm-hmm. of people thought they were going to be fighting for that wild card spot. They were fighting for a one and two seed in the division yeah. for most of it. So when I talked to him about that and said, you know, is that is that the expectation now? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, expectations are, are always high, but it will be interesting to see what this team does over the course of an 82 game season when you're playing the entirety of the NHL. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that now. I mean, they're, they're com- they've come back down to earth a little bit. But still a very good, talented team. And when you have a guy like Kaprizov on your team, that's like having a McKinnon on your team. That's like yeah. having a McDavid on your team. You always need to be aware of someone like him because he can turn <clears throat> the tide at the snap of a finger. And now they have Boldy and Rossi, members of the team as well. And so this is going to be a different look of the Minnesota Wild than what we saw earlier in the year. So with Rossi, Boldy, Kaprizov, dangerous team and this is a young team and you kind of wonder like the success they had earlier this year especially coming off of how they finished last year they run the risk of like peaking too early like their complete rebuild of buying out the expensive contracts Mm -hmm. and committing to this rebuild you almost hope they don't peak too early because they're like how we talk about detroit minnesota is also going through a youth movement and they're getting very dangerous very quick so I'm very interested to see how our young talent for the Avs handle the Minnesota Wild at three o'clock Eastern. By the way, mm, one <laughs> o'clock Mountain. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good start time. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's fine with me. Um, I'm looking at Rossi. He's only played twice, and uh, so he just came up. They must have just pulled him up. Obviously, not that long ago, but. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and I, I mean, believe they, they... Boldy scored in his first game with the Wild. Really? Uh, he's got two goals on the season. So yeah, I don't know if it was two two in the same game. How many has it got total? He's got three games played, so maybe it's spread out. I don't know. But yeah, no, they they have talent. They're a talented mm-hmm. team, and you know you got Kaprizov, forty two points on the season in thirty three games. Uh, Matt Zuccarello just keeps plugging along for for some reason. I, don't, I think I remember when they signed him, people just thought that was they spent too much money on him, and maybe it still is. But hey, he's got thirty points in twenty eight games. Yeah. So he's he's you know another, and he's little. He's tough to find on the ice. Um, and Ryan Hartman. Hartman was a guy that is up for the the eleventh man for the NHL, and you know he's not going to get that because Naz has got that in the bag, baby. You betcha. But anyway, like you know, they, they have good they have good talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some people were were not sure what the the Wild were going to do because um, they didn't really have a, a, a well, they had an eventful off season in that they got rid of guys. Yeah, <laughs> didn't really bring anybody in that was was like a wow factor, but. They're there. They're there. And, and and whenever they whenever these two guys get together, the abs and the wild, you know it is going to be a good game. So this is not something that you're going, even though the wild, let me see what their last 10 are, but um, they're not playing like they were at the beginning of the year. This is not, you're not going into this game like you were the two against Arizona by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Like you even when the <clears throat> wild are performing like Arizona, if if the wild are performing like Arizona does it kind of gets thrown out the window because it just seems like these two teams have each other's number. And the thing with the perception of, of the avalanche and the wild um, outside, like if you're not affiliated with these two squads, like Darcy Kemper and Cam Talbot, that's not a matchup that like sells anybody. And that's what everybody's so unsure of. Like these are very talented teams with very incredible wings, very good decors. But when you hear Cam Talbot is going to be in goal, you can't really get fired up about that because you've seen Cam Dalbert literally everywhere. He's a jersey collector. So you <laughs> you don't know what to expect. And when the Wild go through these ups and downs, it's pointing at Talbot. But when they go back up, it's pointing at the youth. So you mm-hmm. can't have it both ways. And the Avs run into that as well. When we talk about our goalies, like the unproven uh, Frankie and Kemper, when he's hot, he's hot. But we yeah. we don't like to give him credit for it. So I can understand the perception on it both ways. And I like I would like to see how both of these teams face up with the Avalanche really catching their stride right now, coming off two wins in a row. Can they keep it going against Minnesota? If Avs win in regulation, they will be up seven points on Minnesota in the standings. Uh, Minnesota will have a game in hand, but you know. That's that's a that's a good distance between mm-hmm. them, and they are a streaky team. And I'm just looking at their last handful of games. They won eight in a row. They followed that up by losing five in a row. And a lot of that was there's a lot of postponed games in between that five game losing streak. So it's like, you know, no. you you play a game, it's canceled. You play another game, then there's two canceled, and then you play a game, and another one's canceled. And even in this last now now they have a three game winning streak where two games were postponed in the middle of that. So they're like everybody else where games are getting postponed left and right, but it seems to have affected them to, you know, their, their flow and they just couldn't get, you know, they couldn't get a string of games going and it chalked up to five losses in a row. And that's that, that's the reason that they're in the position that they are fourth in the division. 
with 46 points. Their last 10, they're 5-4-1. and one. You look at the Avalanche last 10, they're 8-1-1. One, and one. So teams, I don't want to say are going in like different directions, but it seems it could be at the start of that. It yeah. seems, you know, Minnesota is hanging on and they are, so I said that, you know, they got 46. They're three points behind St. Louis. Yeah. So they got they got to stop this bleeding now, and here you go, have some avalanche to to try to try to do that. At probably one of the worst parts of the season with Nashville catching fire, um, with St. Louis starting to you know get it back together and start to quietly climb up and hold where they are. Um, Minnesota falling where they are right now, it's a rough time to do it, and this yeah. would be a perfect way to push Minnesota even farther down. The Avalanche have a uh, a chance to really hurt Minnesota's chances when it comes to the playoffs. And Minnesota's kind of in the same position Colorado is. Like, they have games in hand. Mm-hmm. They have five games in hand against Nashville, and they have four against St. Louis. So it's not doom and gloom. I'm not trying to, like, make it seem like it is. But uh, you just look at their their last collection of games, and it's a roller coaster for them. So where, where they're going to go is still kind of up in the air. Uh, when you look at their special teams, well, first of all, they're giving up three, just over three goals a game, which is 20th in the league. And we know what the avalanche can do. They can mm-hmm. score. Uh, they are scoring 3.68. Not bad. Uh, the power play, they are 17%, which is 23rd. So bottom end of the league for that. And the penalty kill is at 80%. That's right smack dab in the middle. So if you can get on a power play for the abs, maybe you can break through. Um, and 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 the thing for the wild is they've struggled on their own power play for the past couple of years. So both of those things, I think, favor the avalanche going into this thing. Especially like if you look, the avalanche are number nine in the league on the power play. As bad as they've been lately, they're still number nine. And that's that's something to think about. And what a great opportunity to solidify that, if not climb, and get the power play really going. Then against Minnesota, a rival. I think that's that's a focus in this game, what they do on the power play and how they could take advantage of it. Because we should have against Arizona, and we left a goose egg in game one. Like You need to do it against Minnesota. I think it's going to be a good one. It, it always mm-hmm. is. Uh, you're not going to get a five nothing uh, shutout like you did last night. It's, 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 I think the Avs, you know, any given game for the Avs, they can score five six goals. So that's not mm-hmm. out of the realm of possibility. But uh, you're, I think you're going to see a, a drag down knockout Avalanche Wild game again. Bring look it on. For, look forward to this one very much. So, all right. Well, Kyle and I will be back tomorrow to talk about it, break it all down see how it goes hopefully the ass can get two more but for now that's going to wrap it up so thank you for making this your first listen of the day check out locked on nhl for your second listen of the day get caught up on everything going on around the league and yeah that'll do it man so happy birthday to you once again happy birthday to gage out there enjoy the game my man and uh we will be talking about it tomorrow he is mr kyle sullivan shaggy von doom i am chris Pistelli. this is the locked on avalanche podcast and we will see you guys tomorrow go abs go